Blue Wire Podcast. Welcome in, everybody, to your game day edition of the OBR Film Breakdown Podcast crossover edition with all eyes on Cleveland that we have been doing for, well, it's been a long time, Brad. I think we've been doing this thing a year. We're pretty pumped to continue to bring you this game day show. Hopefully, you're getting something out of it. It gets you ready in some way, shape, or form for your Cleveland Browns football game a little later in the afternoon. We are presented by uh, the presenting sponsor of the OBR Film Breakdown, which is FanDuel. Go to FanDuel, get that promo code OBR, take advantage of what is $100 in free bets just by signing up ahead of the 1-1-23 launch date. Take advantage of that opportunity. So we're pumped, Brad. It's a, it's, it's a weird game. It's a different location. Just looking for your vibes around this thing, man. I know the Bills somehow by the stroke of God, I guess, here. Because if you saw, like, did you see Deion Dawkins' Instagram story when he posted that it was like he opened his garage and the snow was up to his, like, chest? And he's a human yes, dude. I saw multiple ones, and including one last night from a player who was actually himself questioning how he was going to get to uh, the building. Yeah, so they, yeah. I'm not really sure what they did. I know back in 2014, they snowmobiled those guys out. Of, they went to their houses, got put them on the back of snowmobiles, and there's clips of people taking them to the uh, airport or wherever, to the, to the facility, on snowmobiles and you know bills mafia like every fan was like sign me up got them ready ready to <laughs> dig you out boys so. yeah that's great that's great <laughs> and then adam Schefter today tweeted out that the game is uh, all set to go and there have been like fifty four thousand tickets sold and yep. um he said that uh, most of those were the Bills fans, and I'm like, brother, you don't know that Cleveland fans have been passing around that Bills code. Uh, it's yep. it's going to be a huge Cleveland crowd. I mean, just obviously, the logistics of Buffalo people getting there is it's silly for the average fan to to get to that game. I know the Bills fans have more fans than just in north, you know, northern New York, and that dealt with that because I talked to my podcast guests was like, we got one inch of snow, you know, like they didn't have much at all. So yeah, it was not all of them like have that. it. Yeah, yeah, not all of them have it, but I just I have a hard time thinking a game so close to Cleveland won't have a significant number of Cleveland fans uh, in place. But nonetheless, we'll see what happens. What's your vibe around it, Brad? How are you feeling? Uh, eh, uh, not great. Uh, I, you know, I actually thought, and like everybody else, probably thought they had a better chance if it was uh, a, a mucked up, ugly game in the snow. Um, but uh, certainly. You know, this league is so weird. You get weird outcomes on a week-to-week basis. I don't know. My vibe is not great, though. I, I did pick the Bills, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't think anybody's vibe should be great coming off of that Miami performance and, and yeah. what everybody thinks this is a better team than that Miami team. So, yeah, I mean, it's nobody's wrong for having a bad feeling about playing an elite quarterback in a dome like this, uh, especially coming off what Cleveland put on, on tape last week where Miles Garrett mentioned this week just the other day that, it felt like Miami knew every single thing that they were going to do. And, yeah. yeah, Scripted 60 plays against them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't love hearing that. So anyway, uh, this is going to be a CBS crew that's been moved around a little bit. Andrew Catalan, James Lofton, Amanda Renner. I think this is like their D crew, maybe their E crew. Uh, so it's not the uh, not the big names, but nonetheless, it'll be on CBS 1 o'clock. It'll cover most of the important markets because the Steelers and Bengals game is a 4 o'clock kick, I believe. So yep. should be on for pretty much everybody who wants to watch it. Um, you have some information on where like outcomes of some of these games that have been shifted to Detroit. Am I right about that, Brad? Yeah. So three times ever, uh, this is, well, this will be the third time they've used, uh, Ford field or Detroit as an emergency venue. This is the second time the bills have been involved in that. Uh, that happened, 
uh, back in 14, as I mentioned, uh, mm-hmm. I believe, and uh, they destroyed the Jets 38-3 uh, to 3 in 2014. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the tickets were free then. So when they changed venues, they went free tickets, which is Didn't crazy. They were free this time. I think they were they pretty cheap, like 30 bucks in the lower bowl, but they <clears throat> were not free. So the NFL no. still made some money off of it. I'm sure all the proceeds will go. I would imagine they'll say proceeds go to uh, – to to the to the to the bills, but concessions maybe get to go to Detroit or something like that for hosting it. I'm I'm sure there's some money split there that I don't think anybody gives a shit about, nor they should. Yeah. But I just uh, popped into my mind. So um, I noticed that uh, they said that the first people that had a chance to get tickets were not just Bills uh, season ticket holders, but actually Lions season ticket holders as well, which is weird. I did not know that. That is weird. Yeah, but probably cool for Lions season ticket holders because their season's been a little uneven. Um, yes, Browns all time twelve and nine against the Bills, and I find it a little stunning that these two teams have only played twenty one times. I, I just would have presumed they played a lot more than that with the history of all of this. Um, you know, these two organizations, but they've only played that few times. Obviously, some uh, late eighties fun playoff games uh, as two two organizations there were kind of peaking. So yeah. um, those a little bit of memories tied in there. But the the Browns have won the most recent one in twenty nineteen. That I believe we we're talking off air. That was the Kareem Hunt return. So mm-hmm. they signed Kareem in nineteen. He was suspended for a significant eight games or something like that. And um, that was his return game. And it was a late Rashard Higgins from Baker Mayfield touchdown to seal that victory. That was Josh Allen. Like you know, they do in the, uh, in the in the Bible before Christ and after Christ. That's like yeah, before yeah. Josh Allen turned the corner to become the Josh Allen we know today. Uh, yeah, but the Bills have won two of the last three. So um, you know the Browns lead the series, but the Bills are on the up and up here. Yeah, uh, two of three. That that game was a weird game. I remember feeling like the in nineteen, like they played really poorly offensively, but kind of pulled it out at the end. Right. Yeah. I, that, I think that's how we felt mostly by uh, about that whole season. But yeah, I think there was some Josh Allen like missed some throws down near the mm-hmm. goal, a couple like missed reads or something like that, if I recall. Because I follow, I think I follow more Buffalo people than really any other fan base, just because I was connected with Cover One guys a long time ago. So yeah. I follow a good number of those guys and pay attention to Buffalo's and I like their fan base for the most part. They sort of in yeah. a similar fashion struggle in the in the same way that we have struggled over the years. But anyway, let's um There's a bit let's of a look kinship at the line. There. there is a bit of a and the two franchises are oddly connected a lot of different ways. You know, some yeah. of the picks that were made around the same time, like the Jordan Poyers of the world, the Wyatt Teller trades, there have been a lot of uh a lot of interesting connections between those two. Uh, over the years uh, this one is a a bills at least most recently you could have gotten this somewhere else a seven and a half line so the browns are getting seven and a half points the over under is 50 i feel like that over under might be a tinge low what do you think about that yeah boy what 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 are we looking at there uh seven and a half let's try to do some quick math what are they looking at as a total then 30 Actually, Fandle has it down to 49 and a half. So you can get it at 50 points in a 26-24 game, get some money out of it. There you go. Okay. 20. Yeah, so I was looking at the spread, though, of what, if they call it eight, you're looking at what, like, uh, 28 to... Uh, 22, I'm, I'm something like that? Right yeah, yeah. 28-22 or a 30-24 to 24 final, something along those lines. There you uh, go. I feel like the, I feel like the, the seven and a half is pretty fair. I, I certainly think that the the over under feels a little low to me. I don't think the Bills. 
I actually think the Browns are going to have some decent looks on offense. I, I do think they're going to have a better week than they had last week. And I certainly think the Bills are going to have their litany of, of uh, opportunity. So, um, yeah. yeah, to take advantage of that over-under. Uh, as far as player props go in this one, you're looking at some fun stuff. We always love to throw the, the dartboard stuff, and we always look at those receiving yards uh, yep. because those are pretty fun, and we seem to hit on those a decent number of times. Stephon Diggs is at uh, 89 and a half. Gabe Davis, 54 and a half, and those are their top performers. Isaiah McKenzie, 23 and a half. Dawson Knox at 30 and a half, and I can't really give great input on the Bills. Uh, I do feel like Donovan Peoples-Jones at 44 and a half is a good play. Uh, I feel like both him and Amari Cooper at 55 and a half are both really good in play numbers. And then uh, Nick Chubbs at eight and a half, which I like. I, I think yeah. again, catch one screen, catch one out, out of the backfield. He had, he had the, the necessary numbers last week as well. Um, so that's a good one uh, too. Josh Allen's pass number in this one is uh, there's some alternate passing lines. Let me see if I can get what they put him at. They put him at 272 and a half and Brissett yeah. at 219 and a half. Um, I feel comfortable with Josh getting to 272. The rushing stuff, Nick is at 73 and a half and 48 and a half for Devin Singletary. I feel like I'd be pretty interested in that 48 and a half <laughs> given, yeah, given some Singletary, of the things we've seen. Singletary total receiving yards, 15 and a half. Uh, you know, that would be tempting as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've got Chubb, I, I see here as well on, on FanDuel total rushing and receiving 83 and a half which is tempting. Um, I like the the ones that pop to me that look like uh, kind of gimmies maybe is Cooper over under four and a half receptions, DPJ over and under three and a half catches. Those seem really low to me. Yeah, I'd be taking that three and a half. I think he's going to get to four. Usually is yeah. good for right around that number. Um Game specials, which I just really love these game special dart throws, man. You can get some great value out of these. So at the um, 500 to 1900 game specials range, each team to score two touchdowns and two field goals, uh, you can get plus 500 odds on that. And that's like, okay, that feels like two plus touchdowns, two plus field goals. If you're going to get to a 30 to 24 final, if you think the over is going to be the number, like I think that's very easy to see happening. Um yeah, so that's an interesting one I saw. And then uh, going to the higher range, which is the 2,000 to 4,900, Stephon Diggs scoring the first and last touchdown is plus 4,700. Could easily see that. The same for mm. Nick. Um, and then the, the 5,000 and above category, you actually can get Nick to score the first touchdown and the last touchdown at plus 6,000. Like, put five bucks on that, 10 bucks on yeah, that. That's a fun one. For sure. And then... You can get a, uh, a Stephon Diggs scores the first touchdown. Amari Cooper scores the second touchdown at plus seventy five hundred. That's a fun one too. So yeah. there's some 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 really fun plays out here. On top of the parlays, you can do some of these built in high odds um, sort of uh, pre made parlays too. If you're into throwing a couple bucks out there, love those ones. Those ones are yeah. a blast. Yeah. Those are good. We're gonna we're gonna take one break um, in this episode, and uh, you can hear from our sponsors. And then when we get back, we'll do our three keys and wrap this thing up. Okay, so listen, man, the keys to the, this is weird. You you made a point earlier that I think is so t- true, and I've talked about it all week, which is like, 
And I think people who bet on the NBA are feeling a little bit of this too, which is like, who the hell knows? Like, what? who knows, man? The predictability <laughs> of this league is all over the place. And yep. same for our keys. So mine are going to be pretty simple because I think we've seen enough of the Browns this year that like, I'll just start and they have to stop the run. Like the Bills are good enough to beat you if they just throw it. They like to just throw it. They actually really don't prefer to run it. So maybe making the Bills feel like that they should – embed in their game plan the ability to run is going to hurt them a little bit because like they put so much on josh's shoulders and he's usually able to handle it and do a lot of stuff i know that since the elbow injury there's been some some struggles here i, I mean I'm, those that stuff doesn't miss me at all but like i i just I, I if you if you allow this game if you allow the bills to embed some question in terms of run pass and you have to defend josh with an oh shit i have to turn and run type of thing because it's a play action or something yeah. Good luck, man. Good yeah. luck. So they have got to make Buffalo feel um, unable to run, unwilling to run. And if they do run, you can be a step slow to it because it doesn't really matter all too much. So, like I said, if the Bills come out and run for 50, 60, 70 yards in the first half and make that a huge part of like what they're going to be in this one, then I worry about it. It'll be another 40 point potential game here. Do you look at that as like run with a running back? Because I kind of like look at Josh Allen yards as like he gets so many of them just scampering around and run. I mean, he runs for like 80 yards a game or whatever. It's absurd. And and a lot of that is just off schedule stuff. So you look at that as like running back only, right? Yeah, designed run stuff. Because off of designed run, you have some piggybacking type of things, right? You have, uh, you know, you have the ability to do uh, the play action and what comes from the play action, all that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, you, you got to stop Josh from doing some of the hero ball things, but, but the run action stuff that really cripples you and, and did the Browns against Miami, it, it leaves you in a, in a crazy hole there. So, yeah. So anyway, that's, that's the, the general point. They have to stop running back design runs and make it so that they are more often than not pre-snap. They're going to be throwing here. And then still it's hard. It's really hard to stop Josh Allen. You might not be able to do it, but you got to you got to eliminate that phase, especially because you know Buffalo is not a very good run team anyway. It's not like they're bringing some potent attack, right? So that's just kind of where I sit with it. Yeah, it feels like they would like like teams watching the Browns would almost have to like at least attempt to run the ball in the beginning of the game, or you'd be crazy not to have that as part yeah. of your game plan. It's wild. Anyways, my first uh, key is going to be uh, you've got to turn over Josh Allen because he is prone to the interception right now. Six in his last three games, leads the league with ten. Uh, now he's got 20 touchdowns too, but he's got 10 interceptions on the season and he has done most of that against zone defenses. So you can trick him. You can trick him into turning it over. You can trick him into throwing it to you. And the Browns certainly will need that in this one. Yeah. I mean, Josh has been turning it over lately to your point. His elbow has been a little weird, although he's playing, there's no doubt in my mind that the elbow is, it's a problem. So, um, you know, how can they create some chaos for him? It's, it's going to be interesting. Uh, they didn't create any chaos for Tua, as we all know, uh, in that one. My, my next one, as we move forward, is, <laughs> is super simple here, but they got to run it. I mean, like, I, I think the Browns are, are, are running it enough, but, but in, in this, the two games that we've seen them really, truly st- struggle offensively, New England and Miami, both teams just took away any run game efficiency. And the Browns can still find some ways to do things. Like, you know, you can get some answers from uh, – um, you know, Jacoby can provide some answers here and there, and he'll, he'll figure out some throws, and he makes some nice throws week in and week, but he cannot handle the burden completely on his shoulders. He just can't. And I really don't think the Browns' offensive line is built to throw 60 times a game. They're just, no. they're not. They don't like to play that way. It's not the way they're most comfortable operating. So 
I think if they don't run it well, this one has a potential to be another limping around 14, 17 point outcome for the offense. And I don't want that, man. I really don't want that for them. They have to have run pass balance. They have to have run game efficiency and they have to create downfield opportunities off of what they do throwing the football with Jacoby. So that is super simple for me. You got to stop the run and you got to run it. But that is truly the Browns formula. Like they just they have to play that way. Yeah, and building on what you're saying, the, the offensive line did not play well. That was probably the worst game we've seen in a long time against Miami. Uh, they all graded poorly uh, in pass pro and against the run, or in for the run, I mean. Uh, but uh, they didn't protect well either. So in both facets, I'm just going to build off of what you said. Obviously, they got to run the ball. It's a huge part of everything that they do, and it all starts there. But they got to protect better too and certainly you know the bills have pass rushers they're going to get after you uh in you know when he's in the pocket so just need an all-in-all better performance like i want my cleveland browns offensive line back they they didn't look like the same group we've seen for a couple years here last week so i want them to return to form here this week jake i think that's yeah. huge yeah for sure and hit your last one because we we piggyback here so uh finish your yeah time. Yeah, I always say fast start and like game for game script reasons, but the Browns have been starting fast. They've been going down the field and scoring on their first drive all the time uh, with the scripted plays, right? It's more than that, though. It can't just be the first drive. It's got to be like you have to be in this thing all the way to the half. Like you and have a belief that you can come out in the second half and win this game. So uh, when I say fast start, I mean you got to keep this in a – uh, as you would say, neutral to positive game script throughout the first half, I think, to have give yourself a shot. Totally agree. Have to play fast uh, coming out of the gate. And they did that against Miami a little bit, right? I mean, they did. Right. And, and it, but it doesn't automatically mean they're going to win games, uh, as we both know and everybody listening to this knows. But you can't really take the alternative. They can't win the alternative way. Uh, I, they just have not shown that they can do that at least uh, enough to to feel like they can right start slow and, and figure it out. So, um uh, and then I would say piggybacking off the fast start. You know, they had a fast start last game, and it was a close game for the most part until the final four minutes of the first half and the first four minutes of the second half. You go in down 24-7, you come out, I'm sorry, 17-7 instead of 10-7 or 13-7, and then you come out, they score a touchdown easily down the field, and it's a 24-7 game, and it feels like it's over. So the first, we call it the most important eight minutes of any football game, the final four minutes before the half ends, and then the first four minutes coming out of the second half, either getting the ball and scoring or getting a stop on defense. And for the Browns on offense, I mean, they had a chance to own the last four minutes of that last game, but they had a quick punt, three and out, gave the ball right back to Miami with about a minute 20 left, and that was the recipe for struggling. And, I mean, it just set the tone for the entirety of that game, those those eight minutes. So they have to be efficient and um, just don't lose the game in those eight minutes. I'd like to own them. You always want to own them, but you can't lose them. You can't just flat out lose them like they did last week, Brad. Yeah, it felt like last week they got the ball, they were down on their own, and, and they just needed to get like one first down to clear that field, remember, and they couldn't get it, and they punted it right back to them at the 50-yard line, and that's what started that their easy score there right before the half, and then they double-dipped, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's little situational football things there. Like, I think a first down would have made all the difference there, you know? Run yeah. some clock and get a good nice punt out of that end, and they couldn't do it. 
and they felt defeated going into half because then you're down, you know, 17-7 instead of even closer, and then you got to get a stop, and you got a lot of pressure, and so they need to be better there. They've been better in a lot of those games, but they need to be better in this one. They need to be perfect. The Browns have to play their best brand of football to win this game. I think you would agree with me, Brad. The Bills can get by winning it, playing a B-level version of what they do, but the Browns have to play really, really well. So how they respond here will be pretty fascinating. A 1 o'clock kick, you will get the OBR pregame show at noon. You'll get the OBR postgame show right after it. Brad will be there. I'll be there. We'll have other guests along with us. Andrew and Mike typically are there as well. So we'll break it all down for you. Have it covered for Brad at All Eyes on Cleveland, for myself at the OBR Film Breakdown. And a thank you again to our presenting sponsor, FanDuel. Continue to check out FanDuel and sign up with the OBR promo code to get that $100 in free bets. Take advantage of it. Thanks for checking in today, guys. Hopefully we'll see you at noon for the pregame. If not, enjoy your Browns game at 1 o'clock. We appreciate you. And go Browns.